Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Good morning, everybody. Hey, great to see everybody out today. Thanks for coming out. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen, we are. I tell you, you're glad you came to, you're glad you came to second service. We, we had some problem. The AC went out first service, so it was a little warm. We got started. About the third song, the AC kicked on, and we just felt the refreshing Holy Spirit just pour over us. It was a little warm before that. My, my daughter was in here. She said, Dad, just take your coat off. Don't preach your coat on. I said, no, I don't preach my coat on. She says, she says, well, you'll be hot. And I said, I am hot. And my wife high-fived me. And so I thought, yes, it's awesome. So I say that because we're talking about covenant marriage next week. So come on out, unbroken marriages. So, hey, we're glad you're here this morning. Just a couple of announcements to go over. You saw them on Tree TV. You can always go online and watch them. I'll let you know, water baptism's coming Wednesday. So if you have given, recently given your life to Christ, then that's especially uh, a thing that you want to participate in. It's a great time. We have a lot of people signed up. It's an outdoor service on the front of the property. We have it under the cover there. We go by a, a pool from Walmart. We air it up, then we fill it up. And I think last time we baptized about 75 people or so. So it's a great time to come out, bring all your family and friends. If you're walking with the Lord in a different level of relationship, maybe you had been just... You knew of him, maybe you know him deeply, maybe you made a, a recommitment of some sort, we want to encourage you to come participate as well. It really is a great time to just express to everybody, yourself, to God, to the enemy, to everybody that you know, you're at a different place with God and you're going to walk differently with him. So we want to encourage you guys, you can go online, sign up, you can come out that day and just join us, so it's going to be a great time. And then as you heard Pastor Dave say, October 2nd, uh, our growth track starts, so a lot of great things in those four classes, you want to come be a part of that, especially if you're new. Um, the, one of the classes is a membership class. I've had a lot of people come ask me about membership so you can learn and discover what that means here at Tree of Life. So great times for you to come out for sure and participate. So lots of great things going on. You want to keep up by going online and looking at the calendar, see how you can be blessed and be a blessing. Amen. Are you ready for the word this morning? Amen. Turn your Bibles to Psalms 89:34. Let's get right in it. Uh, we're in like installment number three or four. I can't remember. I should have counted up. This is number three. We're talking about unbroken. That's the title of our series. Uh, we're just looking into the word to see what God says on how to live unbroken in a broken world. And I know that you know as well as I, just in a not doom and gloom, it's just reality that the world is broken in it. And I was thinking about this earlier. Is it getting any more broken? Can it get any more broken? I mean, I don't know that it could. I, I guess there's other things that can happen. But when it broke, God instrumented or implemented a plan for you and I to live unbroken in a broken world. See, we're in the world, but we're not of the world, amen? With Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So that whole idea of living unbroken in a broken world comes, I think, out of the concept of covenant. That's really what we've been talking about. And covenant is simply, it's a solemn agreement between two parties to create and maintain successful relationships. It is the highest level of relationship there can be. And it is the highest level of relationship that, that God wants with you. That's, that's what he wants, the highest level of relationship. Uh, covenant also means in Hebrew, simply when, when you peel everything away, it means cut to the point of blood. And that's the price that was paid. We know Jesus paid the price. So covenant was entered into through a price of blood. And so Jesus came to die for you and I. No longer does anyone have to pay the price. He did once and for all. But he did that not just so we can be saved or born again. He did that so we could have a covenant or the highest level of relationship possible. I mean, guys, no, that's good news because even though I'm born again, I didn't get beamed up to heaven the moment I you know, gave my heart to Christ. I still got some life and earth to walk out. So he knew that. And so he wanted to take the relationship with you and I to the highest possible level 
And he did that by sending his son to pay the price that we could enter a covenant relationship with him. And we continue to kind of unveil that a little bit more each week. And so we're looking at uh, how that affects every area of our life. And relationships is really kind of the focus of the series because that's where we feel the most brokenness probably. I mean, relationships with one another, uh, marriage relationships, uh, friendships, family relationships, really relationship with God. And so that's probably the, the biggest part of our brokenness comes somewhere in relationships in our life. And God had a plan for you and I to have unbroken relationships in a broken world, but you have to follow the, the principles he established through covenant. And again, that's the highest level of relationship. It's what God intended for you and I. So that's kind of in a review there when I share that with you this morning. We're gonna look at covenant uh, families or unbroken families. How can you and I raise unbroken families? Whatever it looks like right now. And let me say this as, before we really get into the message. Wherever you're at in life, it starts new here, amen? So we're not looking to dig up the past, we're not looking to go and undo anything or what woulda, shoulda, coulda. We're not, we're not there, no guilt, no shame. It's the grace of God giving us, amen, instruction to start today, amen. Can I get a bigger amen on that one? Amen. amen. Because I don't know about you, but I always need that. I need that start, that r- fresh start because of the humanity that I wrestle with every day and live in. So fresh start today, we're gonna look in the word and see how we can have unbroken families in a broken world. And we always say the family is under such great attack. I mean, it's crazy, the attack on the family today, the ideas and the cultural stuff, social stuff. It just is nonstop, relentless, it seems like. But can I just tell you today that we are not helpless in the world that we live in. We are not without hope. We are not without power, amen? We have the power of God, amen? The greatest power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, amen? Aren't you glad for that? The power of the creator of heaven and earth lives inside of each and every one of us that have called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, entered into a covenant with him. In fact, a covenant with him means that we have his power available to and through us, amen? And so we have great hope in today's world, no matter what the world looks like, we have the power and ability to walk out this life in victory through our covenant relationship. So we can depend on that power, we can depend on him. It says this in Psalms 89, here's what it says. No, I will not break my covenant. Aren't you glad you're in a covenant relationship with God through Jesus Christ? How many of you gave him, don't raise your hand, but how many of you gave him cause to leave you this week? <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, just on the way to church, pastor, actually, on the way to church. But it's like the things that we do, we would have left us at some point in time. But aren't, isn't it good to know that he will never leave you or forsake you because he has a covenant with you. Because he puts your relationship on the highest possible place. And that's what he's saying. I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word. That's why we look into the word of God because he says he won't take it back, but he will support it. Amen. And it's important for us to know that and walk our life out based on the principles of God's word. I want to give you tools this morning. I want to equip you this morning to be a covenant parent to be a covenant person raising covenant kids in a covenant home so you can have unbroken families in a broken world, amen? And so we're gonna look at the word of God and say that. Let me ask you this question though. Um, How many of you are parents in here this morning? Raise your hand. How many of you are parents? Raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, you can put your hand down. How many of you have had or have parents? How many of you have a... Some of you aren't really sure. You're looking at your spouse. It's like, I'm I'm not sure. Okay, so this message is for everybody, all of us, right? 
But all of us in some way, shape, or form are affected by parents. And, and uh, even if not, if you're uh, perhaps maybe not a biological parent, you're a parent, you're, you're somebody raising kids, you're being a model example, we'll get into that in a minute. So don't check out this morning and think it's not for you, it's for everybody. Again, the principles of the, of the covenant are represented in the message today and they're applicable, applicable to every area of our life. Malachi 2, 13 and 6 through 16 is our foundational text. You can write that down. I just want to review it quickly. You can write that down. You can read through it. But it talks about the person who came to God and just with tears and, and just crying from their heart, just, where are you, God? What's going on? I'm trying to connect with you. I'm doing good stuff. Things aren't going the way I'd hoped, the way I want. I'm just frustrated. It seems like you're not listening. It doesn't seem like you're paying attention. And it says you come to him with great tears. And then the question is asked, why? Why is that happening, God? And then it says, God who is a witness, meaning he sees what you do, not just hears what you say. How many of you guys know that actions speak louder than words? Right, come on. God sees what you're doing. You can say or pay lip service to him all day long. I love you and I'll serve you, but your actions, your life really reveal where you're at. And really what he addresses then is because I see what you're doing and what you're not doing despite what you come to me and say is you're not honoring the covenant relationship or you're not walking in that relationship the way I always intended it to be. And so there's a relationship level that he wants us to rise to, which is covenant. And then when we're not walking in that, he says, that's where all your problems come from. He's like, you want to eliminate your problems. It's not like go to the pastor and have hands laid on you. Well, that's a good thing. It's like, get some things in order relationally on a covenant level and you'll see some things straighten back out in your life. And he relates relationship to you and I or how he relates to you and I is through like a marriage relationship. So that rest of that scripture talks about a marriage relationship and it simply says because you're not honoring the covenant, which really the picture of a marriage relationship is the picture he chose of his relationship with you and I. Therefore, it really is applicable to relationships because you need to elevate some key relationships to a covenant level and when you don't honor that covenant, that's when, that's when problems happen. That's what things are going on. So we've been focusing on that. So we did talk last week about covenant friendships, uh, today covenant families, and next week covenant marriage. So come on out for that and be a part of that as well. So God talks about if we want godly results, and we do, we have to follow godly principles, and covenant is the godly standard that we need to live by. And so it's important to understand then what that means, what that looks like. Now let me say this this morning. We're looking at unbroken families. And again, I want you to understand covenant parents raise covenant children in a covenant home so we can have unbroken families in a broken world. But here's a big part of our struggle. And that is connecting our families more to Christ than to culture. And I got two teenage girls and culture's changing constantly and the pull on them is changing constantly based on age and what's going on around about them. And my challenge is always making sure I can connect my daughters to Christ more than they're connected to culture. Because how many of you guys know culture's not always the best thing for you because it's usually counter Christ. It's different. But how many of you guys know that Christ always works? God's principles always work. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't matter how culture's changing. The principles of God change not because God changes not, amen? And God's ways are always the best ways. So we need to connect our families more to Christ than to culture, and that's our struggle. And so bringing your family to church is important. A Christian environment here is important to bring them to. But let's understand something. If you're bringing your family to church two times a week, Sunday and Wednesday, we get your kids maybe three hours. We get you maybe three to four hours. Out of a whole week worth of hours, that's not a lot. That's not a lot. Now, we make the boast, the the boast, we make the, I'm trying to combine words at the same time. We make the most 
of those hours, believe me, of both those times that you come. We have a great children's ministry. We have a great youth ministry. I think we have a great things for adults. And you need to serve. In fact, children's ministry is looking for volunteers. There's an insert. A great place investing into the lives of our next generations, amen? We wanna raise covenant kids. And so great place to serve. But you know, you have maybe three hours here, but think of the rest of the week. How many hours, 30 to 40 with school? Maybe you got 10 to 20 with sports. And then the rest of it, you know, with friends and, and TV and social media. So don't just bring your family into a godly environment. Bring a godly environment into your family, amen? Bring a godly environment into your family. And that's the struggle because we want to come and think that church is going to fix everything. Church is just a small, an important piece, but a small one in the scope of your week, of your life. And so sometimes it gets eliminated for something else, but it ought to be higher up on the priority list. Can I be honest with you? Why? Because it helps us and equips us for what God wants to do in and through us. And so I want to encourage you, don't just bring your family to a godly environment, bring the godly environment into your family. Create covenant homes. And I think that that's where we need to strive for. We're not just trying to be a Christian home because even a Christian home, by definition, that's kind of been watered down. It's kind of a broad definition anymore. Really, we don't want to be just Christian homes. We want to be covenant homes. Amen. We want to raise our home life and everything that happens within our home relationally to a covenant level. And we need to do that. So I know culture and, and culture influences are, are strong and it seems like there's, they're getting more and more difficult. But again, we're not powerless. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have the power of the word of God. We have the wisdom of God. We have the spirit of God. We have the mind of Christ. And I'm in this world, but I'm of this world. And Jesus overcame this world. So greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Listen, we win if we don't quit, we win. We don't have to blend in. We don't have to compromise. We don't have to be politically correct. We can be bi biblically correct. Let me say this. I don't have to be a cool dad. I need to be a covenant dad. Come on. That's where it comes from. This idea of raising our families to a covenant level. We don't need to be culturally correct or culturally current. We need to be a covenant family. I'm reminded of a little boy that was in Sunday school and, and he just was so disruptive. He would tell, just tell lies and, and he would come every week and he'd tell all the kids, I went fishing with my dad this weekend. I caught 300 fish and, and 20 pounds was the smallest one all by myself. And so the kids would say, you're a liar, that's not true, and just would be just so disruptive. The Sunday school teacher got frustrated, so she went to the pastor, told the pastor what was happening, and he said, well, I'll fix it. Next time he comes in and starts telling the stories, then just bring him to me, we'll turn the tables on him, and that'll fix it, that'll take care of everything. So the next Sunday, the little boy comes in and says, I went fishing with my dad this weekend, we caught three, I caught 300 fish, the smallest being 20 pounds, all by myself. The class, the kids were like, you're lying, that's not true, all you do is lie. The teacher said, Billy, come with me, took him, took him to the pastor's office, told the pastor, here's little Billy, the pastor said, I'll take care of this, go back to your room. The pastor says, Billy, I heard you went fishing this weekend. Yes, sir, caught 300 fish, all by myself, the smallest being 20 pounds. And he said, you know what I did this weekend, Billy? I went to your house. I know where you live. I went to your neighborhood this weekend. And when I was walking down the street, going to your neighborhood, a giant grizzly bear, 12 feet tall, 1,000 pounds, came out of nowhere, chased me down the street. And just when it was going to take me out, a little chihuahua came around the corner, jumped on the grizzly bear, wrestled him to the ground, got him by the throat and killed him. What do you think about that, Billy? Billy looks at the pastor and says, that was my dog, pastor. <laughs> I was like, really? Listen. There's all kinds of ways and ideas on how we're raising kids out there and all this kind of stuff. We have got to raise them by the word of God. 
I mean, we're trying different things and the world's telling us to do this and do that. And I'm not saying there's not wisdom there, but listen, the word of God has got to be the thing that we use to raise our kids and our families. The word of God addresses every need that you'll encounter. The word of God has the answer for life and what needs to be our guide in raising our children and raising our kids in our house. So we need to do what the word says, amen? We need to get it right. We need to get it right by using the word of God. So uh, raising unbroken families, let me give you four things to help create a covenant home to build covenant families. Four things to create covenant families. Number one, be an image bearer of God. Be an image bearer of God. You and I are to be image bearers of God in our home. You are God's image bearer to your children. If you don't believe me, let's take a look at Genesis 1. Because pastor, I thought you were that. I thought the youth pastor was. I, I thought the children's pastor was. And I'm saying, you are the image bearer to your children. Genesis 1, 26 through 28 says this. Then God said, let us make man in our what? God said, let's make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion, hold on to that word dominion, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. It goes on to say this. So God created man in his own what? In the what of God? He created him, male and female, he created him. Look, look how many times he says that you're created in my image. He establishes that point very firmly, very strongly by repetitively saying it. So he's saying man's created in our image, man's created in our image. And then it goes on to uh, say this. Then God blessed them and God said to them, now listen to what he says, here's the first commands from God to people, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Isn't it interesting that God's first commands to the man and woman he created was to be fruitful and multiply. In other words, God's first command to man was to be parents. And that's what I take from this. Be fruitful and multiply. Be parents. And he says, don't just be parents. Fill the earth with kids. Now, it's interesting because you would think in a broken world, why would we want to fill the earth with kids? Well, understand what God created was unbroken. And his heart and desire is to get you and I back to his original intent. And we can live unbroken in a broken world because that's the picture God has and it's what God always intended. And a covenant with God will enable us through the principles of God's word to live unbroken in a broken world. Well, he says, fill the earth with children. And why wouldn't he say that if he's expecting all the parents to be covenant parents? If he's expecting all the parents to be image bearers of God, right? Now that would be great. A whole world full of families and children where all the parents are image bearers of God. That's how God created it. So understand that you are, you are the image bearer of God to your family. That's what God always intended. And so he creates us in an image that bears his likeness. And then he says this, go have kids and, 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 and raise them with being in my image. That means he's equipped you to do that. That means he's given you everything you need to do that, whether you believe that about yourself or not. It is true, why? Because you're created in his image. Well, doesn't it just make sense if he expects you to be the image bearer of him that he would have equipped you and prepared you that way? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely it makes sense. So you are the image bearer of God in your family. That's the first command he gave to us, to you and I. Once God had parents created in his image, he told them to go have kids. We are the image bearer. Now, let's understand this. That word image bearer of God is who you are, whether you are mom, dad, stepmom, stepdad, foster mom, foster dad, adoptive mom, adopted dad, single mom, single dad, 
grandma raising kids, grandpa raising kids, aunt and uncle raising kids, come on, that's who you are. You are, if that's responsibility that you have, then you are the God image bearer. Come on. Listen, we have a, a young uh, gal, she's uh, 18, she's from Audible De Vida, my, my brother's church, a wonderful family, uh, living with us for a few months. Do you know that as long as she's in our home, Jessamy and I are image bearers of God to her? It doesn't matter, you get the picture, right? God's expectation, so he's equipped you, he's enabled you to do that, you gotta continue to grow that covenant with him, amen, and walk in that, it's all there. It's all been provided through a covenant with him. So you are the image bearer of God for your family, in your home, and it's important. And it's really important because understand this, it's not that the pastor is the image bearer of God for your children. It's not that the youth pastor, I'm just gonna take my kids and hopefully they'll see Pastor Josh, uh, they'll see uh, different people, they'll see Trish, they'll see uh, uh, all the other guys and, and gals working and serving and they'll say, that right there, I just want them around those people. You're the image bearer of God for your family. We wanna help you, we wanna equip you, and we wanna engage with kids and with teens, but listen, you bear the burden of responsibility. It's more than just going to church. But listen, understand this, as children grow, their concept of God is more derived by their parents than anyone else, than anything else. They don't get all they need from church, they don't get all they need from uh, other people, from pastors or whatever that looks like, they get it primarily from you. It's what God intended. You realize there's no plan B. You can't dump that responsibility off on anybody else. Just by the fact that, look at all the time that you have with them. You're to be God's image bearer. They get it primarily from you, it's what God intended. Really, parents' behavior is either helping create a bridge to God or a barrier to God. For example, if parents are generous, it's easy to believe God is generous. If parents are kind, it's easy to believe that God is kind. If they're loving, it's easy to believe he's loving. If, if parents take time for their kids, it's easy to believe God will take time for you. If parents will listen, it's easy to believe God will listen to you. If you believe your parents are um, faithful and good, and it's easy to believe that about God. The other side's true as well. If parents are stingy, what kind of image of God are they gonna get? If parents are mean or uncaring or judgmental, that's the image kids will get of God because parents are those in that place of authority um, in children's lives that are raising them are the God image bearers. You get that from Genesis 1, 26 to 28. It's very clear what it says there. You are the God image bearer, bearer in your home and a covenant parent needs to understand that. My job is to help my kids understand who God is. Luke 17, two through three, let's see what the scripture says. It would be better, listen to the importance. Here's how important, the importance that God places on this of, of being a God-bearing, uh, God-image-bearing person to kids. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. I say God's pretty serious about being his image-bearer around kids. It's a big deal. So we want to be covenant parents, raising covenant kids, in a covenant home so we can have unbroken families in a broken world. So let's, uh, let's understand that. Number two is this, a covenant parent is the doorkeeper of the home. You're the doorkeeper of the home. Let's go back to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. You're the doorkeeper. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. I said, hold on to that word. He says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. He says that you, as the God 
image bearer, you are to have dominion. Now let me bring a point of clarification. You're not having dominion over your spouse and over your kids from an abusive type thing. That's abuse. He's talking about everything ungodly in your home. Now that word dominion is very intense. It has an intense feel to it and it means to subdue by force. Again, you're not subduing your spouse by force. You're not subduing your kids by force, but you're subduing anything outside of God's order by force, amen? And it means that you as the gatekeeper need to subdue by force anything that's not of God. We have to understand that as as a a God image bearing parents that we have to take dominion over things that aren't of God in our home. We have to subdue them by force. Again, you're the gatekeeper. I'm not talking about people except that scripture stuff, except right here. I'm not talking about people except right here I'm gonna point out it says, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Can I say that any creeps trying to date my daughters that come into my house, I will subdue them by force. All I'm saying. All right, enough of that. Just saying. All right. Covenant parent maintains the dominion of their home as the gatekeeper. Well, that's, think about the home of the original parents in the garden. They didn't take authority and dominion over the enemy, right? The enemy came into the home. The God image bearers didn't take their place. Sin came in. Brokenness came in. Read Genesis 3 about the children of the God image bearers that didn't take dominion and authority. They started killing each other, running from God, hiding from God, blaming everybody else. That's the image that they had because they didn't take dominion and authority. So we have to understand that. We, we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're doing that. And, and I, know a, I know this is kind of hard in a sense. I hope more it's more liberating than hard. I think if we get a perspective right, we'll see that. But there's not, I want you to understand this. Here's probably the hardest statement today. There is not one thing in our homes that we didn't allow in. That means there's nothing in there you can't get out. Amen? There's nothing in there you can't get out. What is shoulda, coulda, okay? We're responsible for what we know today. Fresh start, grace and mercy, thankful for that, amen? Fresh start today. So listen, there's nothing, one thing in our home we didn't allow in. Well, I didn't know little Billy was looking at those things. I I didn't know Susie was Snapchatting him, or I I didn't know that's what they're, well, you should. You're the gatekeeper. Covenant parents, raising covenant kids in a covenant home. And again, I mean, start today then. Start today then, go find out those things. You know, we all, there's so many other avenues in our home today, we can't be ignorant of them all. I, I can't hardly keep up. My wife and I talk about all the things that the kids are into. We, we monitor their phone. I may not know everything out there, but I can monitor their phone. I, and, and you hear this today, you know, to be politically correct, well, the kids need their own, don't invade their privacy. The kids need their own space. That's their room. Can I say, when, when do they pay the bill? When do they add to the mortgage? That's not their space, it's my space. I don't mean that to be weird, but that's the reality. I'm a gatekeeper. I'm a gatekeeper for my home. I want covenant kids. Why? Because so when they're out from underneath my home, my cover, my authority, they'll be covenant people, covenant adults, amen? Want them to succeed in life. In our home, in our home, my wife and I, I got good kids, I'm super blessed, but about, uh, there's times we told them, I'll take the door off your room. What do you think about that? You can't do that off my door. Oh, it's my door. It's not your door. And I say that to say, in all seriousness, listen, you're a gatekeeper. It's okay. Take authority. Subdue by force the things that are not of God in your home. Why? God created you to have dominion. Did you see that in the scripture? He gave you dominion created in his image. He's given you what you need. That means that you have discernment of the Holy Spirit. I don't know exactly what's going on. Come on. Can I tell you that God, and and ladies, I didn't say this, but I think it's powerful, so don't hold this against me if you don't like it. God gave moms the gift of nosy. It's true. It's true. 
It's a powerful, powerful gift. Discernment. Come on, the Holy Spirit will lead you, right? You work on your covenant with God and all those things, the discernment and things that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. It's amazing. I I can't believe half the stuff the Holy Spirit told my mom. I was like, what? Seriously, come on. (laughs) All right, my mom's there waving the white white hanky. She's going to lead the Jericho march in a minute. It's like, come on. I was away at college getting phone calls from my mom. What'd you do last night? How late did you stay out? What'd you do? It's like, what? Nothing. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I'm telling you what, come on. Let's, let's, let's be the gatekeepers of our home that God called us to be. And let's listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of us and take the authority over those things and subdue by force the things that are not of God because there's too much at stake because we want to be covenant parents raising covenant kids in a covenant home, amen? So we can have unbroken families. Unbroken families. It's what we want. God gave us the ability, the way to do that. You're the gatekeeper of your home, the doorkeeper of your home. He's given you. Let me say this. God's not going to do it for you. He's not going to do it for you. Why would he when he's equipped you? Why would he when he's given you dominion, when he's given you authority, he expects you to do it. He's empowered you to do it. He will not do it for you. Now, when God uses the word dominion, he's not messing around. He's serious there. So covenant parents raising covenant children, covenant homes to be covenant families. Listen, you're the gatekeeper of your TV. You're the gatekeeper of your internet. You're the gatekeeper of the phones that you pay for, the phones they pay for. My kids, if I pay for this, is it mine? No, not as long as you live in my house. Why, because I'm a gatekeeper? I'm a gatekeeper. Uh, You uh, are the gatekeeper of uh, video games. You're the gatekeeper of books. You're the gatekeeper of music. You're the gatekeeper of clothes. You're the gatekeeper of attitudes. I'll punish more for an attitude than I will for a mistake. Listen, you're the gatekeeper of friends. That means you can frisk them. It's okay. Get their social, get their background, run a background check. It's okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding on that. I don't. You, you need to know who your, friend, who your kids are friends with. And then just because they may be quote unquote Christian families, listen, we're not trying to, our goal is not Christian family. Our goal is covenant family. Our goal is covenant family. So even Christians have different values. Okay? Even Christians have different values. That you're the God-bearing image of your kids and you're raising them as the gatekeeper. So understand that. I'm not, I, I just, it's important we need to understand that. You know, my dad used to tell me all the time, do you eat here, do you sleep here? And I'd say, I like to eat and I like to sleep. Okay, yes, sir. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. My dad was a good gatekeeper. We need to understand that. God's given gifts to be gatekeepers. And you need to understand that. You need to parent through the Holy Spirit. You're the image bearer of God. You're the doorkeeper to your home. I'll, I'll go so far as to say this. I remember my mom doing this. We, if I came home late, she'd want to look at my eyes. Let me see your eyes. Seriously, she would. Let me see your eyes. Let me smell your breath. Okay, I haven't brushed my teeth all day, but okay. Right? It's, ser- it's serious. I, I, you know, I just want you, I want you to know you're the gatekeeper and don't apologize for that, all right? I'm not, I'm not trying to be the cool dad. I'm trying to be the covenant dad. That's the difference maker. So 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, and we'll move on. Be, uh, 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. It is the only foundation that stands. It's the only foundation that lasts in a changing world. It is the sure foundation. That is the foundation of Jesus Christ. No apologies for taking to dominion or subduing by force the things in my home that are not of God or of Jesus Christ. Amen. Be a gatekeeper to your home. 
Raise a covenant family. Let me give you this, this third one. Be the example. Be the example. It's not what I say, it's what I do. It's not what I say, it's what I do. Proverbs 22, 6, New King James says this, train up a child. I love the word train. Another translation says teach. That's a part of it. I think train is a better word. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. Train means to model, to show, not just to teach. Show them, model how to be married. Model how to treat the opposite sex. Model how to serve. Model how to give. Model how to forgive. Model how to pray. Model how to respect authority. Covenant parents raising covenant kids in a covenant home. It's our responsibility. My sister and I, we had lunch last week, had a great time with Amy and Ross. And so we were talking, uh, she has a, a 17, I have a 17 year old and a 16 year old. She has a 17 year old, six weeks younger than Callie. And they're all in the midst of some stage of trying to get driver's license, Callie just got hers. And so Amy said this, we we're talking about her kids driving. She said, you know what's so funny? She did the parent taught driving instruction like Jessamine and I did. How many guys did the parent taught thing and stuff like that? Isn't that of the devil? I'm never doing that again, I'm telling you what. <laughs> I'm still trying to repair a relationship with my kids or whatever. But here's what Amy said. Here's her observation I thought was spot on. She says, you know what? In that parent taught driving, all we're doing is teaching our kids how to drive like we drive. She says, I'm telling them the rules, but I'm driving this way. And I've been driving for a long time. So I can tell them all I want with this, but my kids ride with me every day and they see me drive this way. They drive the way I drive, not how they're supposed to drive. <laughs> you take that however you want to take that, except for your law enforcement officers. I'm driving by the law exactly the way you should. Don't follow me. I'm, I'm obeying everything. So it's our kids drive like we drive, not like how they're supposed to. It's the same principle in your home. We can tell them something, all we want to tell them, guys, but they're going to do what they see us do. So you need to be the example. Be the example in your home. You need to, let me, let me add this. Have you ever heard or have you said this? I just, I want my kids to have better than I had. I want my kids to have better than I had. And I think that we all do, right? We all agree. We want our kids to go farther, do, do more great things for God and, and be more successful, if you will, whatever that means to you than we do. But I think sometimes we miss the point. I think sometimes we need to look and examine our own lives because you know what? I should be able to see my kids. I want my kids to have the marriage I have. I want my kids to have the friends I have. I want my kids to be blessed like I am financially. I want my kids to serve like I serve. I want my kids to give like I give. And let me say it this way. If you're not at that place that you can't say, you can find an area that you can't say that about kids wanting to be that in your life, then find out what that is and fix it. Right? Why? Because you're a covenant person. If you have something broken in your life that you don't want the kids to have it that way, then find a way to fix it through the covenant, amen? And fix that broken marriage, fix those broken relationships, fix those broken finances, do that. So we all need to be able to say, I want my kids to have the marriage I have. I want my kids to have the relationships, the friendships I have. I want them to have the, the, and do the things that I do. Listen, now we want them to go beyond that, but at least I want them to have at least what I have. And that may mean for me to fix something in my life. That's okay. God's a fixer. He takes that which is broken and makes it unbroken. Amen? So let's work on that in our lives. Let's make sure we're doing that in our lives. Let me give you number four. We're equipping them for reality. Equip them for reality. <clears throat> You're training your kids for today. I'm not saying you bring the world into your home. I don't agree with that. Because understand, you are the God image bearer and you're the gatekeeper. So you cannot compromise. Listen, Gary Smalley, if you know Gary Smalley, if you don't, Gary Smalley is considered in the Christian world an expert, if you will, on marriage and parenting. And here's what he said. Gary Smalley said, my parents never spanked me, and when I left the house, the world gave me a big one. <laughs> 
see, our job as parents isn't to isolate our kids from reality as much as it is to prepare them for it. Now we can do that without compromise. You're still a gatekeeper. You still are. I didn't mean compromise. You're an image bearer. You're a gatekeeper. But my job is to prepare them for reality of what they're walking into. So I need to teach my kids responsibility. We have a whole generation of people that don't want to take responsibility for anything, much less themselves. Now my kids have chores, but listen, just getting them to do tasks around the house is not necessarily teaching them responsibility. We need to teach them responsibility. Be responsible. Uh, I need to discipline my kids. Listen, if you're against discipline, number one, the, the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. That's a whole nother message. But listen, if you will not discipline your kids, the world will, through the police, through the IRS, through your employer, or their employer rather. So we need to learn to discipline our kids. There's right ways and wrong ways to do that, but we need to do it. You are the image bearer of God and the gatekeeper. They need to be taught about respecting authority. There's such a lack of respect for authority anymore. We need, to, we need to do that. In fact, Romans 13, one through two says this. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist has been established, established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. You know, God established lines of authority. Authorities established by God. If my kids don't learn about authority at home, they'll have a hard time in the world. Everything in God's kingdom operates by authority. Authority is from God. Authority protects us. Covenant parents need to teach their kids, listen, uh, those things, but covenant parents need to keep, teach their kids about the spirit realm, how to walk spiritually. In fact, the Bible says the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. And we probably don't spend as much time on that as we should or could or need to because maybe it's the, least, the one we're the least comfortable with and comfortable walking in. You have to know it to teach it. You have to walk it to model it. So we need to teach our kids how to pray. Not just pray for the meal, not just pray for the lay me down and I go to sleep prayer. We need to teach our kids how to pray. I learned how to pray by listening to my parents. My, I told you this before, my bedroom all through high school was right next to my dad's study. He got up at five o'clock every morning and prayed, prayed loud. And I used to think, oh my goodness, please, can I, have, can I switch with someone? Can I switch with Amy? She needs it. <laughs> but I'm so glad because I learned to pray all those mornings, staring at the ceiling at 5 a.m. before I went to school, listening to my dad pray. We need, I don't know how many of us have ever, how many of you have ever heard your kids pray out loud other than the meal or or someone's sick or something. You need to teach your kids how to pray. You need to do that. Maybe you need to learn it to teach it, but listen, you need to do that. We need to teach them how to listen to the spirit of God inside of us that will keep them out of trouble, that will help them have the right friends, that will help them say no to the wrong things, not give in to peer pressure. We need to teach them to go out to pray. We need to teach them how to pray in the Holy Spirit. That's what we believe that here. We believe praying in the Holy Ghost. We believe praying in tongues here. You need to teach your kids how to do that. I'm glad my kids do that. Both my kids do that. We do that, I'm so thankful for that. We teach our kids how to listen to the still small voice, the voice of the Lord inside of them. We teach them how to pray for their school, for their work, for their mate. We need to teach them how to take authority over things, fear, intimidation, bullying. Teach them how to take authority over sickness and disease in their own body. I love praying and laying hands on my kids, but I tell them all the time now, did you pray for yourself? Did you take authority over that? In fact, I like for my kids to come pray for me. Come, come lay hands on me. Take authority over these symptoms in my body. We need to teach them how to believe for healing, take authority over things, lay hands on. You'll have to grow spiritually so you can teach them spiritually. Here's what I wonder sometimes, I was thinking about this. 
I wonder sometimes if we think that our kids, because they're younger and maybe less experienced in the things of God, if they have to deal with younger, less experienced spiritual things. Like 11 and 12 year old, well they only have to deal spiritually with like a little 11 and 12 year old attacks. Can I say that's a big lie? There is no 11 and 12 year old spiritual attacks. The devil doesn't play fair. So there's not this lineup of things and saying, okay, Pastor Don 48, he's a pastor. We're gonna send attacks at this level against him because that's, that's fair, all right? Okay, my 16-year-old, 17-year-old, we're gonna send attacks like 16, 17-year-old because it doesn't work that way. It's full-on spiritual attack on your kids. So you need to stand as gatekeepers, but you also need to equip them spiritually. And again, we're talking three hours at church and the rest of the time at home. We wanna help you. But listen, you gotta take some of that responsibility. And you can, you can because you've been made in the image of God. You can do that. So I want you to understand that. It's the same, but listen, uh, it's the same spiritual attacks that go after you, but it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in them, that does in you, amen? It's greater is he that's in your kids than he that's in the world. Your kids are the head and not the tail. They're above and not belief. Beneath, they'll be blessed and they're coming. They'll be blessed and they're going. And whenever the enemy rises up against them, God will turn them back like a flood. Amen. He'll raise up a standard against them. Listen, they're overcomers. Your children are overcomers. Greater is he that's in your kids than he that's in this world. And if we'll be the covenant parents, God has called us to be, be the image bearers, be the example, be the gatekeepers. God will bless and prosper that. He's got great things in store for our kids. Let's not lose this generation. But let's raise unbroken families in, in, in a broken world. Let's, let, let's, I gotta finish with this, I'm over time. Nehemiah 4.14 says this. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. Listen to this, and fight for your families. Fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, fight for your homes. Why? Because you have a covenant with God that he will not break. He'll not take one word back. So stand in your place and fight for your families. Be a covenant parent. Raise covenant kids in a covenant home so we can have unbroken families in a broken world. God is a good and faithful God and he will not take one word back of what he said and he will never, ever, ever break his covenant with you. He is a good and faithful God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.